0: Part Two of Omnilingual by H. Beam Piper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Two. Three men had come in and were removing their masks and helmets and oxy tanks and peeling out of their quilted coveralls. Two were Space Force lieutenants. The third was a youngish civilian with close-cropped blond hair in a checked woolen shirt. TONY LATIMER AND HIS HELPERS DON'T TELL ME MARTHA FINALLY GOT SOMETHING OUT OF THAT STUFF, HE ASKED, APPROACHING THE TABLE. HE MIGHT HAVE BEEN COMMENTING ON THE ANTICS OF THE VILLAGE HALF-WIT FROM HIS TONE. YES, THE NAME OF ONE OF THE MARTIAN MONTHS, HUBERT PENROSE WENT ON TO EXPLAIN, SHOWING THE PHOTOSTAT. TONY LATIMER TOOK IT, GLANCED AT IT, AND DROPPED IT ON THE TABLE sounds plausible of course but just an assumption that word may not be the name of a month at all could mean published or authorized or copyrighted or anything like that fact is i don't think it's more than a wild guess that that thing's anything like a periodical he dismissed the subject and turned to penrose i picked out the next building to enter that tall one with the conical thing on top It ought to be in pretty good shape inside. The conical top wouldn't allow dust to accumulate, and from the outside nothing seems to be caved in or crushed. Ground level's higher than the other one, about the seventh floor. I found a good place and drilled for the shots. Tomorrow I'll blast a hole in it. And if you can spare some people to help, we can start exploring it right away. Uh, Yes, of course, Dr. Latimer. I can spare about a dozen, and I suppose you can find a few civilian volunteers, Penrose told him. What will you need in the way of equipment? Oh, about six demolition packets. They can all be shot together. And the usual thing in the way of lights and breaking and digging tools, and climbing equipment in case we run into broken or doubtful stairways, we'll divide into two parties. Nothing ought to be entered for the first time without a qualified archaeologist alone. Three parties, if Martha can tear herself away from this catalog of systematized incomprehensibilities, she's making long enough to do some real work. She felt her chest tighten, and her face became stiff. She was pressing her lips together to lock in a furious retort, when Hubert Penrose answered for her. Dr. Dane's been doing as much work and as important work as you have, he said brusquely. More important work, I'd be inclined to say. Von Omhorst was visibly distressed. He glanced once towards Sid Chamberlain, then looked hastily away from him, afraid of a story of dissension among archaeologists getting out. "'Working out a system of pronunciation by which the Martian language could be transliterated was a most important contribution,' he said." and Martha did that almost unassisted. Unassisted by Dr. Latimer, anyway, Penrose added. Captain Field and Lieutenant Haramitsu did some work, and I helped out a little, but nine-tenths of it she did herself. Purely arbitrary, Latimer disdained. Why, we don't even know that the Martians could make the same kind of vocal sounds we do. Oh, yes, we do, Ivan Fitzgerald contradicted safe on his own ground i haven't seen any actual martian skulls these people seem to have been very tidy about disposing of their dead but from statues and busts and pictures i've seen i'd say that their vocal organs were identical with our own well grant that and grant that it's going to be impressive to rattle off the names of martian notables whose statues we find and that if we're ever able to attribute any place names, they'll sound a lot better than this horse doctor's Latin the old astronomer splashed all over the map of Mars, Latimer said. What I object to is her wasting time on this stuff, of which nobody will ever be able to read a word if she fiddles around with those lists till there's another hundred feet of loss in this city. When there's so much real work to be done, and we're as short handed as we are, that was the first time that had come out in just so many words. She was glad Latimer had said it, and not Selim von Olmhorst. "'What you mean,' she retorted, "'is that it doesn't have the publicity value that digging up statues has.' For an instant she could see that the shot had scored. Then Latimer, with a side glance at Chamberlain, answered, WHAT I MEAN IS THAT YOU'RE TRYING TO FIND SOMETHING THAT ANY ARCHEOLOGIST, YOURSELF INCLUDED, SHOULD KNOW DOESN'T EXIST. I DON'T OBJECT TO YOUR GAMBLING YOUR PROFESSIONAL REPUTATION AND MAKING A LAUGHING STOCK OF YOURSELF. WHAT I OBJECT TO IS THAT THE BLUNDERS OF ONE ARCHEOLOGIST DISCREDIT THE WHOLE SUBJECT IN THE EYES OF THE PUBLIC. THAT SEEMED TO BE WHAT WORRIED LATIMER MOST. She was framing a reply when the communication outlet whistled shrilly, and then squawked, "'Cocktail time! One hour to dinner! Cocktails in the library! Hut four. The library, which was also lounge, recreation room, and general gathering place, was already crowded. Most of the crowd was at the long table topped with sheets of glass-like plastic that had been wall panels out of one of the ruined buildings.' She poured herself what passed here for a martini, and carried it over to where Salim von Omhorst was sitting alone. For a while they talked about the building they had just finished exploring, then drifted into reminiscences of their work on Terra, von Omhorst's work in Asia Minor with the Hittite Empire, and hers in Pakistan, excavating the cities of the Harappa civilization. They finished their drinks— The ingredients were plentiful—alcohol and flavoring extracts synthesized from Martian vegetation—and von Olmhorst took the two glasses to the table for refills. "'You know, Martha,' he said when he returned, "'Tony was right about one thing. You are gambling your professional standing and reputation. "'It's against all archaeological experience—' that a language so completely dead as this one could be deciphered. There was a continuity between all the other ancient languages. By knowing Greek, Champollion learned to read Egyptian. By knowing Egyptian, Hittite was learned. That's why you and your colleagues have never been able to translate the Harappa hieroglyphics. No such continuity exists there. "'If you insist that this utterly dead language can be read, your reputation will suffer for it. "'I heard Colonel Penrose say once that an officer who's afraid to risk his military reputation seldom makes much of a reputation. "'It's the same with us. "'If we really want to find things out, we have to risk making mistakes. "'And I'm a lot more interested in finding things out than I am in my reputation.' She glanced across the room to where Tony Latimer was sitting with Gloria Standish, talking earnestly, while Gloria sipped one of the counterfeit martinis and listened. Gloria was the leading contender for the title of Miss Mars, 1996, if you liked big bosomy blondes. But Tony would have been just as attentive to her if she looked like the wicked witch in The Wizard of Oz. Because Gloria... Was the Pan Federation Telecast System commentator with the expedition? I know you are, the old Turco German was saying. That's why when they asked me to name another archaeologist for this expedition, I named you. He hadn't named Tony Latimer. Latimer had been pushed onto the expedition by his university. There'd been a lot of high level string pulling to that. She wished she knew the whole story. She'd managed to keep clear of universities and university politics. All her digs had been sponsored by non-academic foundations or art museums. "'You have an excellent standing, much better than my own at your age. That's why it disturbs me to see you jeopardizing it by this insistence that the Martian language can be translated.' I can't really see how you can hope to succeed. She shrugged and drank some more of her cocktail, then lit another cigarette. It was getting tiresome to try to verbalize something she only felt. Neither do I, now, but I will. Maybe I'll find something like the picture books Sachiko was talking about. A child's primer, maybe. Surely they had things like that. And if I don't... I'll find something else. We've only been here six months. I can wait the rest of my life if I have to, but I'll do it sometime. I can't wait so long, von Olmhorst said. The rest of my life will only be a few years, and when the Schiaparelli orbits in, I'll be going back to Terra on the Cyrano. I wish you wouldn't. This is a whole new world of archaeology. Literally. Yes. He finished the cocktail and looked at his pipe, as though wondering whether to relight it so soon before dinner, then put it in his pocket. A whole new world. But I've grown old, and it isn't for me. I've spent my life studying the Hittites. I can speak the Hittite language, though maybe King Muwatallis wouldn't be able to understand my modern Turkish accent. But the things I'd have to learn here, chemistry physics, engineering, how to run analytic tests on steel girders and silver alloys and plastics and silicones. Uh, I'm more at home with a civilization that rode in chariots and fought with swords and was just learning how to work iron. Mars is for young people. This expedition is a cadre of leadership, not only the Space Force people who will be the commanders of the main expedition, but us scientists, too. And I'm just an old cavalry general who can't learn to command tanks and aircraft. You'll have time to learn about Mars. I won't. His reputation as the dean of hitologists was solid and secure, too, she added mentally. Then she felt ashamed of the thought. He wasn't to be classed with Tony Latimer. All I came for was to get the work started, he was continuing. The Federation government felt that an old hand should do that. "'Well, it started. Now you and Tony and whoever comes out on the Schiaparelli must carry it on. "'You said it yourself. You have a whole new world. "'This is only one city of the last Martian civilization. "'Behind this you have the late upland culture and the canal builders, "'and all the civilizations and races and empires before them, "'clear back to the Martian Stone Age.' "'He hesitated for a moment. "'You have no idea what all you have to learn, Martha. "'This isn't the time to start specializing too narrowly. "'They all got out of the truck and stretched their legs "'and looked up the road to the tall building "'with a queer conical cap askew on its top. "'The four little figures that had been busy against its wall "'climbed into the jeep and started back slowly.' The smallest of them, Sachiko Koremitsu, playing out an electric cable behind. When it pulled up beside the truck, they climbed out. Sachiko attached the free end of the cable to a nuclear electric battery. At once, dirty gray smoke and orange dust puffed out from the wall of the building, and a second later, the multiple explosion banged. She and Tony Latimer and Major Lindemann "'climbed into the truck, leaving the jeep standing by the road. "'When they reached the building, "'a satisfyingly wide breach had been blown in the wall. Latimer had placed his shots between two of the windows. "'They were both blown out along with the wall between, "'and lay unbroken on the ground. "'Martha remembered the first building they had entered. "'A Space Force officer had picked up a stone "'and thrown it at one of the windows,' thinking that would be all they'd need to do. It had bounced back. He had drawn his pistol. They'd all carried guns then, on the principle that what they didn't know about Mars might easily hurt them, and fired four shots. The bullets had ricocheted, screaming thinly. There were four coppery smears of jacket metal on the window, and a little surface spalling. Someone had tried a rifle, A four-thousand-foot-second bullet had cracked the glass-like pane without penetrating. An oxacetylene torch had taken an hour to cut the window out. The lab crew aboard the ship were still trying to find out just what the stuff was. Tony Latimer had gone forward and was sweeping his flashlight back and forth, swearing petulantly, his voice harshened and amplified by his helmet-speaker i thought i was blasting into a hallway this lets us into a room careful there's about a two-foot drop to the floor and a lot of rubble from the blast just inside he stepped down through the breach the others began dragging equipment out of the trucks shovels and picks and crowbars and sledges portable floodlights cameras sketching materials an extension ladder even alpinists' ropes and crampions and pickaxes. Hubert Penrose was shouldering something that looked like a surrealist machine gun, but which was really a nuclear-electric jackhammer. Martha selected one of the spike-shod mountaineer's ice-axes, with which she could dig or chop or poke or pry and help herself over rough footing. The windows, grimed and crusted with fifty millennia of dust, Filtered in a dim twilight. Even the breach in the wall, in the morning shade, lighted only a small patch of floor. Somebody snapped on a floodlight, aiming it at the ceiling. The big room was empty and bare. Dust lay thick on the floor and reddened the once white walls. It could have been a large office, but there was nothing left in it to indicate its use. "'This one's been stripped up to the seventh floor,' Latimer exclaimed. "'Street level'll be cleaned out completely.' "'Due for living quarters and shops, then,' Lindemann said. Added to the others. This'll take care of everybody on the Schiaparelli.' "'Seems to have been a lot of electric or electronic apparatus over along this wall,' one of the Space Force officers commented. "'Ten or twelve electric outlets.' He brushed the dusty wall with his glove, then scraped on the floor with his foot. I can see where the things were pried loose. The door, one of the double sliding things the Martians had used, was closed. Selim von Ohmhorst tried it, but it was stuck fast. The metal latch parts had frozen together, molecule bonding itself to molecule, since the door had last been opened. Hubert Penrose came over with a jackhammer, fitting a spear-point chisel into place. He set the chisel in the joint between the doors, braced the hammer against his hip, and squeezed the trigger switch. The hammer banged briefly like the weapon it resembled, and the doors popped a few inches apart, then stuck. Enough dust had worked into the recesses into which it was supposed to slide to block it on both sides. That was old stuff. They ran into that every time they had to force a door, and they were prepared for it. Somebody went outside and brought in a power jack, and finally one of the doors inched back to the door jamb. That was enough to get the lights and equipment through. They all passed from the room to the hallway beyond. About half the other doors were open. Each had a number and a single word. Dorfhulva, over it. One of the civilian volunteers, a woman professor of natural ecology from Penn State University, was looking up and down the hall. "'You know,' she said, "'I feel at home here. I think this was a college of some sort, and these were classrooms.' That word up there, that was the subject taught or the department. And those electronic devices, all where the class would face them, audio-visual teaching aids— "'A twenty-five-story university?' Latimer scoffed. "'Why, a building like this would handle thirty-thousand students.' "'Maybe there were that many. "'This was a big city in its prime,' Martha said, "'moved chiefly by a desire to oppose Latimer. "'Yes, but think of the snafu in the halls, "'every time they change classes. "'It'd take half an hour to get everybody back and forth "'from one floor to another.' He turned to von Ohmhorst. "'I'm going up above this floor. This place has been looted clean up to here, but there's a chance there may be something above,' he said. "'I'll stay on this floor at present,' the Turco-German replied. "'There will be much coming and going, and dragging things in and out. We should get this completely examined and recorded first. Then Major Lindemann's people can do their worst here.' "'Well, if nobody else wants it, I'll take the downstairs,' Martha said. "'I'll go along with you,' Hubert Penrose told her. "'If the lower floors have no archaeological value, we'll turn them into living quarters. "'I like this building. "'It'll give everybody room to keep out from under everybody else's feet.' "'He looked down the hall. "'We ought to find escalators at the middle.' "'The hallway, too, was thick, underfoot with dust.' Most of the open rooms were empty, but a few contained furniture, including small seat desks. The original proponent of the university theory pointed these out as just what might be found in classrooms. There were escalators up and down on either side of the hall, and more on the intersecting passage to the right. That's how they handled the students between classes, Martha commented, and I'll bet there are more ahead there. They came to a stop where the hallway ended at a great square central hall. There were elevators there on two of the sides, and four escalators still usable as stairways. But it was the walls and the paintings on them that brought them up short and staring. They were clouded with dirt. She was trying to imagine what they must have looked like originally, and at the same time estimating the labor that would be involved in cleaning them. But they were still distinguishable, as was the word "Dorfhulva" in golden letters above each of the four sides. It was a moment before she realized, from the murals, that she had at last found a meaningful Martian word. There were a vast historical panorama clockwise around the room— A group of skin-clad savages squatting around a fire. Hunters with bows and spears, carrying a carcass of an animal slightly like a pig. Nomads riding long-legged graceful mounts like hornless deer. Peasants sowing and reaping. Mud-walled hut villages and cities. Processions of priests and warriors. Battles with swords and bows and with cannon and muskets galleys and ships with sails, ships without visible means of propulsion, and aircraft. Changing costumes and weapons and machines and styles of architecture. A richly fertile landscape gradually merging into barren deserts and bushlands. The time of the great planet-wide drought. The canal builders, men with machines recognizable as steam shovels and derricks, "'digging and quarrying and driving across the empty plains with aqueducts. "'More cities, seaports on the shrinking oceans, "'dwindling half-deserted cities, "'an abandoned city with four tiny humanoid figures, "'and a thing like a combat car in the middle of a brush-grown plaza, "'they and their vehicle dwarfed by the huge, lifeless buildings around them. "'She had not the least doubt.' Dorf was history Wonderful von Ohmhorst was saying the entire history of this race Why if the painter depicted appropriate costumes and weapons and machines for each period and got the architecture, right? We can break the history of this planet into eras and periods and civilizations You can assume they're authentic THE FACULTY OF THIS UNIVERSITY WOULD INSIST ON AUTHENTICITY IN THE DORF HISTORY DEPARTMENT, SHE SAID. YES, DORF HISTORY. AND YOUR MAGAZINE WAS A JOURNAL OF Sornhuva, PENROSE EXCLAIMED. YOU HAVE A WORD, MARTHA. IT TOOK HER AN INSTANT TO REALIZE THAT HE HAD CALLED HER BY HER FIRST NAME AND NOT DR. DANE. "'She wasn't sure if that weren't a bigger triumph "'than learning a word of the Martian language, "'or a more auspicious start. "'Alone, I suppose that Hulva "'means something like science or knowledge or study. "'Combined, it would be equivalent to ourology, "'and Dorf would mean something like past or old times "'or human events or chronicles. "'That gives you three words, Martha.' Sachiko jubilated. You did it. Let's don't get too fast, Latimer said, for once not derisively. I'll admit that Dorf Hulva is the Martian word for history as a subject of study. I'll admit that Hulva is the general word and Dorf modifies it and tells us which subject is meant. But as for assigning specific meanings, we can't do that because we don't know just how the Martians thought, scientifically or otherwise. He stopped short, startled by the blue-white light that blazed as Sid Chamberlain's clegets went on. When the whirring of the camera stopped, it was Chamberlain who was speaking. This is the biggest thing yet, the whole history of Mars. Stone age to the end, all on four walls. I'm taking this with a fast shutter, but we'll telecast it in slow motion, from the beginning to the end. Tony, I want you to do the voice for it. Running commentary, interpretation of each scene as it's shown. Would you do that?' "'Would he do that?' Martha thought. If he had a tail, he'd be wagging it at the very thought. "'Well, there ought to be more murals on the other floors,' she said. "'Who wants to come downstairs with us?' Sachiko did. Immediately Ivan Fitzgerald volunteered. Sid decided to go upstairs with Tony Latimer, and Gloria Standish decided to go upstairs, too. Most of the party would remain on the seventh floor to help Selim von Ohmhorst get it finished. After poking tentatively at the escalator with the spike of her ice axe, Martha led the way downward. End of Part 2